Wasn't that good? You know, my old sports playing days, nothing like some good hype music to get you ready to run out. So I feel like we sh- should just put up a big deal of Christmas wrapping paper and we run through the tunnel for Christmas because it's here. The, the, as Josh said, yesterday we came and I wasn't sure how many people were going to be here decorating because, uh, you know, we don't get that long for Christmas. And so for them to come up here yesterday, they did a great job. And uh, I was expecting a couple of people and uh, it looked like a Sunday morning service out back when I pulled around the corner. And uh, but uh, But we are excited for Christmas. I'm excited today to get to kick it off, and uh, uh, if you do have it, I think most of you already know the routine, but if you got a kid that would uh, 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 enjoy children's church this morning, not that they couldn't, I'm probably speak on their level today, they could probably be all right staying in the room, uh, but we do have some great volunteers that are going to, they're actually starting to talk about uh, the Advent season, because Thanksgiving's over, and Christmas is coming, but uh if you got your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to dive in today. It, it should be a good good morning. So, uh, God, we just uh, thank you for Jesus, who made a way, who is the way. And uh, so, God, I just pray that you would use this time as a change of scenery with the poinsettias and uh, the Christmas music. God, I pray that we would be able to focus in on on you. God, that you would you would you would snap us out of the trance that life can so easily put us in. And today we would devote some time, energy, effort, some 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 mind power towards your word and your your promises today. So God, I just thank you. I pray that you would speak through me today. I pray that you would give me the words to 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 impact people's lives today through your scripture so god we love you we thank you and it's in jesus name we pray amen uh so josh hit me up uh i don't know a couple weeks ago getting ready for christmas you know we always kind of do a different christmas series uh uh you know what do you do every year year in and year out uh but i love christmas and and so he asked me what day and he kind of had some different deals and so i'm getting to preach on joseph today and uh, it's been fun looking at that. That's why we're in Matthew chapter chapter one, starting in verse eighteen. Before we get in there, I was doing some deals, listening to some, doing some research, and came across a story. Really, is just a funny story, but I thought I'd share it today as we talk about Joseph, because you know, in the in the Christmas pageant, unless you're a little little live baby, one of the best people, the best roles to play is either if you're a, a girl, would be Mary. But if you're a boy, it's Joseph, and that's who we're going to talk about today. Uh, but oh, oh, uh, Johnny and, and and Timmy were arch nemesis at the church, and uh, both of them wanted to be Joseph, and so one of them got to be Joseph, the other one got to be the old innkeeper. And so uh, when it came time for the innkeepers, Mary and Joseph had traveled in the pageant, he didn't want Joseph to be outdone, so the innkeeper, when Joseph said, hey, do you have any rooms at the inn? Uh, the boy playing the innkeeper said, I actually do. I have the best room available. I'm going to give it to you because he wanted to throw Joseph off his game and thought he got him because he was mad that he'd get to play Joseph. But Joseph was very quick-witted. He was probably like, a lot like me, the king of Ween. He says, whatever, we're not staying in this filthy dump. We're headed to the stable. And so the Christmas pageant was back on... Back on route, but I laughed a little bit this week as as I was 
getting ready, but uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to start off in Matthew. We're going to end up in Psalms. But uh, uh, let's read the story. Uh, the heading on my Bible says the birth of Jesus. This is it. And so maybe, maybe some of you watching online, maybe some of you in the room today don't know what, what this is all about, why we're here. This is it today. This, this is it. So here we go. Verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man that did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do. Uh, he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So we have Joseph here. And so just thinking about Joseph this week, uh, I can somewhat relate to Joseph in, in a couple of ways. You'll get a kick out of it when I get there. So... You know, Joseph's first child to father was Jesus, so we can all imagine how that is. Uh, uh, perfect child, right? Never, never. Uh, uh, we joked about it. There's so many jokes about it. And then, obviously, him and Mary ended up uh, having some other children of their own. So perfection came first. You know, in my circumstances, I always say perfection in my parents' life came third, right? They didn't have to have any more kids because perfection happened. Uh, but I can relate to Joseph in the fact of trying to raise a child that isn't biologically yours. And so where Joseph and I's story differed a little bit, I almost put the craziest picture I had of Silas because I was blessed with two beautiful blonde-headed girls that are sweet as sugar, uh, still sinners. Don't, I'm not painting them to be uh, Jesus. I, I hope they are more Christ-like, but... Uh, but, but then I get Silas, who is, is far from those blonde-headed beauties as you can get, probably, the difference between night and day. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I've shared this before. Uh, as an adopted uh, uh, father, uh, we call it rescued love. There is a different kind of love for my son because, uh, you know, Kimberly and I chose to have children with Emmy and Lila but God chose us to be the, the father and mother to Silas. And so, you know, that's, that's a very, if you've never been in that situation, whether it's even for a short season as foster parents or uh, the responsibility of taking care of somebody else's life, it just comes with different trials and tribulations. But it does come with, it, with, 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 with I feel like, a different kind of love. It's, it's, it's not better or worse. It's just a different kind. We call it, at our house, we call it rescued love which when you get into the New Testament when Jesus talks about that we've been adopted as sons and daughters, I know what that feels. I know, like some people, ah, oh, it's a second-class love. 
It's not. It's it's a it's it's a better love. It's a it's a protected love. It's a, you know, even to this day, there's times I'm like, ah, my girls kind of need to figure that out. You know, that's life. They need to work through some things. They you know that's. But when it comes to my son, it's hard for me to let him experience life because I want to protect him. And uh, and so I, I in thinking through Joseph, uh, I kind of related to him a little bit that uh, just the responsibility to be a dad to somebody who didn't have a dad, an earthly dad at that. But you find Joseph here. Uh, you know, another little deal that that I was reading through this week, we don't find in Scripture anywhere that Joseph talks, but when you recount the stories in the Scripture, you almost feel like he he's had some conversations, but he was a man that listened. Ultimately, he was a man that trusted, uh, and... In that trust, he was a man that obeyed. And, and so, you know, it, it's going back in here, what we just read, it says, Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, talking about Mary, because it, it, that's a cool tangent if you go study the betrothal period. I was even reading some of that this morning, you know. So they would have these contracts, whether that be... Some money was exchanged. A contract was exchanged. They met at the local watering hole. Like, hey, you got a husband? No. Well, I'm a, I'm a man. You're a woman. You want to you wanna get married? We'll exchange this. And then there was this betrothal period, which in their culture and their custom, they were married. As soon as they entered that betrothal period, they were married. And you don't just get, it's not like, well, it didn't work out. Here's, here's the ring. Bing. It didn't work out like that. It, uh, in fact when it says here that he was going to divorce her quietly, was there was some big significance in that. Most of you are familiar with that, that Mary could have easily have been killed for what seemingly looked like having a uh, relations outside of marriage. And Joseph didn't want her because he loved her. I mean, he was complex. When you realize and you think that he had thought about this, he kind of got to this point that I'm going to be, yep, I'm going to end it, but I'm going to do it quietly because I love Mary. I don't want to disgrace her, but culturally, I've got to, you know, I've got to keep keep up with the Joneses. Not not necessarily that setting, but he was just going to do it quietly. And uh, uh, and then it says, when after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared. So God got involved, and just when you need it, God will get involved in your life. And so we talk about it all the time in our life that. Uh, we're ready for God to hurry up, you know, we've, we've, but God's timing is perfect. And so just, it's almost like the minute that Joseph decided in his mind that he was going to start acting out whatever that looked like to divorce her quietly back in those days, the angel showed up. And he said, hey, basically, I'll paraphrase, hey, Joseph, don't, don't freak out here. I know it's hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, just imagine, dudes, if, if this was you. It would be hard to wrap your mind around, you know. I don't know who it was. Then we, where, where we go? I, I got an idea who it was, you know. We, our mind starts playing tricks. But the angel appeared to Joseph and basically just said, hey, what's going on is from God. And Joseph, probably being a good Jewish guy, knew the stories, knew that the Messiah was supposed to come, but probably never expected for him to have a role in that. But obviously a good dream. I like dreams. God's given me a few dreams from time to time. Uh, one of them was about Mary and Kimberly. I was really in anguish about just the, taking, taking this relationship to the next level. 
the, the gravity of it. I wanted to make sure I was sure. And God gave me a dream. I, basically, our whole wedding. Uh, uh, I hope I gave her the wedding of my dreams whenever we got married. But uh, uh, we did. We got uh, uh, we got married, and it, 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 he's 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 spoken to me in dreams a few times. But uh, man, what a, what a, what a, what an awesome thing for Joseph to experience. Not only the dream part of it. How many of y'all would like to have a dream from God like that? But then to get to be Jesus's earthly father, a task, a noble task at that. But it does. The angel came. He spoke, and uh, Joseph responded, and and that is the way it's supposed to happen. God speaks, and we respond. And so, if there's anything that we can take from Joseph's life, it's exactly that: to be quiet, to listen, and to respond. But what the angel told him, he says, "This is." To me, this is one of the greatest verses in all of Scripture. It says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That is the promise coming to reality. This is what, in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to. This is what we get excited and look back to. This was like the turning point of eternity right here for us and everybody that has ever been created. And so they said you're gonna, his name will be Jesus because he will save us from our sins. Now I want you to forget that because I think sometimes as Christians we forget that. That is why Jesus came. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And, uh, uh, and then he goes on to talk about, and this is kind of where we're going to end up. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, and it ended up being Isaiah. Uh, the virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So now we're going to have fun, because Emmanuel means God is with us. And so when Josh first told me, I said, hey, I've been kicking around this deal. Uh, my buddy Turner and I have talked about this years ago, that out of all the names, all the things that he wanted to be called was Emmanuel, because God is with us. And that, sh- I hope some of you can just wrap your mind around that today. Maybe... Just hug that a little bit because maybe that's where you're at, that you need God to be with you. And so I really what I, started me on this path as I started going through that is just looking through all the names of God. And then once I got in there, I, I thought, okay, I've got to figure out a better way to ask this question. And so over the last two or three weeks, I've been asking different people, like, hey, what name of God? But it ended up being what name of God, which normally most of God's names, there's a lot of them in the Bible, probably over 300 names of God. But normally those names are attached with some sort of attribute or benefit. And so, uh, interestingly enough, uh, one of the things that God blessed me with in asking all these questions was I don't think anybody had a duplicate answer. And I asked a lot of people from uh, coworkers here to family members to my son's barber. Uh, uh, none of them had the same name of God or needed the same benefit. And... Uh, one of the things that God spoke to me during that time, I said, sometimes you feel like everybody's in your same boat, like this lot of life that I'm in. Everybody join me, and we all need God's provision. We all need God's perfect timing. We all need God's faithfulness. And whatever I'm going through, I feel like, and so to me, God is like, see? See what's going on? See what's going on over here? I'm a big God. My name's Emmanuel. I'm a God that's with you. And so if God is with us, all those attributes are with you. All those benefits are with you. 
And so, you know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, because I've had a pretty good dream, and, you know, I don't know that I've had them just like Joseph did, but uh, to just wake up and say, okay, it's a done deal, I'm going to do it. I think Joseph understood those benefits of God. He was able to trust, and that's what God, that's one of the things that God has been bringing me back to this year. Not necessarily faith in Him, but, but breaking that faith down is trusting in Him. Miss Lynette and I had a conversation this morning about do we believe God's Word? Josh read Psalm 91 last week. Uh, uh, we have to believe God's Word. We have to trust in God's Word. We have to stand on God's Word. And we're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But there's no but. If God says it, that ends it. We just have to trust it. And, and then we find ourselves like that, that, that father in the Gospels that were like, hey, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. So we've got to shrink our unbelief and, and expand our belief. But if you flip over to Psalm 103, I think Joseph maybe, may have trusted in some of these benefits that, that, that far too often we forget. And we're just going to work our way through Psalm 103 today. If you notice, we sang 10,000 Reasons today. This was actually came out of this verse of Scripture. Uh, my Bible says, Praise the Lord. I like this one because we sang it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in, with, in me. Bless His holy name. And so, you know, when you think about this, it's like, you know, sometimes when the atmosphere is right, you know, the temperature is just right, the volume's just right, circumstances are just right, I can find myself blessing God a lot easier. I'm sure most of you can relate with that. But David writing this was like, hey, when you don't feel it, when, when you know, uh, there was an old comedian that we grew up listening to by the name of Mark Lowry who was pretty funny. He actually wrote one of my favorite Christmas songs, Mary Did You Know. Uh, uh, but he was a really funny guy, and he's like, there's some days that I wake up and I don't feel saved, right? You just, you just grouchy. If you don't believe that happens, be in a house full of teenage girls. We're just entering in that phase. So I, I've probably got a lot of conferences with some of you dads that have dealt with teenage girls because we're, we're stepping into that. But you don't feel saved. You don't act saved. And, and David is saying, hey, here, Bless the Lord. Even when you don't feel it, bless it. Why? It says, bless the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. And so if David wrote here in this poetic psalm here, don't forget, which means forget not, which means you can forget. And if you're like me, you can find yourself rowing that boat, that lonely boat by yourself thinking nobody nobody knows right you just you get in these deals and and it's 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 at that moment that you gotta bless the lord it's at that moment you can't forget about all his benefits and psalm 103 doesn't even lay them out you know that he was emmanuel god with us and if he's with us then all his benefits are with us because it was enough for jesus to come and just save us it was enough he could have stopped there eternity still would have happened he could have came and forgave us of our sins. He didn't have to bring all the added benefits that he did, but he did because he's a good, he's a good father that loves his children. Don't, you know, it's, it's Christmas time, you know. Don't you just, like Kimberly and I were talking about, uh, we have two f different philosophies of Christmas. Uh, you know, sh she was raised that uh, if, if you got a new pair of shoes over here, then the other one got a new pair of shoes, which is nothing wrong with that, right? 
it's, I married into that, so guess what? I know what's coming. Trey and I will open our gifts together, and we'll, hey, y'all open that together. It was, a, it was somewhat the same way with, at my house, you know, around Christmas time, but, you know, we just did it different, and so we were talking this week, getting ready for Christmas. You know, if you know me, I was trying to get a budget, and Kimberly was rolling her eyes at my budget, uh, but we, got, we worked through it, and uh, I just said, I don't care. I mean, I literally could go to Dollar Tree today and buy my son some, you know, it's a knockoff army man, but he doesn't care. I, I could spend five bucks, and he would get the same excitement if I spent a thousand on him. And, and so I just said, hey, I don't care. I, I, I had to back it up because you've got to be careful what you tell my wife sometimes. I said, I don't care what we spend, but I just said, if it's 60 bucks, but if that's the gift that is going to really bring some joy, that's the one I want. If it's 12 bucks, if it's $200, we'll talk about it. But uh, that's how I want it to be. And, and so, you know, as a good dad, you want to, you know, Bible talks about it. What dad doesn't want to give their kid good gifts? And it's Christmas time, and, you know, we're trying to keep Jesus as the reason for the season. That verse, I think it's 21 in Matthew, that Jesus came. He'll be named Jesus, and he came. That is it. That is Christmas season. Wrap it up in a bow. It's enough. But God didn't stop there. Praise the Lord on my soul and forget not his benefits. And so right now, before we go any further, I just want you to wrap your mind around some of these benefits. And it's, it's like I said, it doesn't have all of them in here, but, but everybody that I talk to, I think, over the last few weeks, I could probably transition into their benefit that they need is written in this verse. And it says, first, verse 3, here's a benefit. He forgives all your sins. It's enough. We could end Psalm 103 right there. It's enough. All your sins. And he heals all your diseases. And, uh, uh, you know, there, I, I got me thinking this week, you know, there's times that, that I struggle with that, that verse. He heals all your diseases because just like me, just like you, I'm sure most of us have been attached to somebody that has died of, of a traumatic disease because, because of sin, these bodies wear out. But you know, they were created back in the garden to live forever before sin entered the world. And we get to see some of that healing power. I was thinking about it like, any of y'all got a paper cut? You know, you get a little paper cut, you get a little, have a boy at your house, you get a lot of cuts and bruises but our body heals itself like literally you could have a cut today and two days later it's gone like we forget about that sometimes that god does that and he's a he's a god that heals our diseases who redeems your life from the pit how many of y'all ever felt like your life was in the pits like this is this is a life verse for you guys he redeems Makes it right, your life from the pit. And he crowns you with love and compassion. Just think about that illustration. He, he elevates you out of the pit. He puts a crown on your head of love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. Not just things, good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. So I know we don't feel, we feel oppressed sometimes. We, we, there's other countries that they, you know, do some research on Christians in China, like oppression. Vengeance is the Lord's. And I, I'm sure some of them, that's their life verse, that they may not see it here on earth, 
but they're going to get to experience it in heaven. The Lord's works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. You know, this week, uh, these last few weeks, people are saying, hey, I need God to show up. I need him. I, I need to know what he's telling me to do. But he's not a God that hides. He's a big God. I mean, you go study how he made his ways known to Moses. It wasn't just because, hey, Moses, come here. I mean, he showed out in a big way in front of a, in front of a large crowd. But he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. I don't know about you guys. We've been, Kimberly and I have been talking, her word over the last few months is more grace. Like, it just seems like everybody's on edge a little bit. Like, it's, everybody is just triggered. Uh, and, and, you know, we've been trying to, we'll come home and dealing with uh, 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 teenage girls. You know, they can be, I, I say that, I have a seven-year-old that's probably more drama-filled than my teenage girls. But we're just like, hey, you need to look at it from the lens. You don't know what's going on in the other person's life. Give them more grace. Give them more grace. Give them more grace. And uh, that's what he tells us. Be compassionate, you know. Compassionate means trying to understand where they're coming from. That's compassion. Give them and gracious. Be slow to anger, abounding in love. That is who God is, and that's who we're supposed to reflect. He will not always accuse, nor will he, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquity. If you study that word iniquity, this is... This is, it's, it's like things that we're bent towards. Like we have big sin in our life. Oh, gosh, I, that was bad. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that ever again. But then we have these iniquities. It's just our sin nature that we're just, like, to me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's the one that really gets me down. Like it's the one, like, why do I keep doing that? You know, I call it the Dr. Seuss verse in Romans that Paul writes. I, I, do, I don't do the things that I want to do, and I do the things that I don't want to do. Like that's our iniquities. Like we are bent towards certain things, you know? And, and, and he doesn't repay us for that. He's gracious and he forgives us. And he's like, hey, I know. Why do I keep doing that? And you, you just want to give up. He's like, no, nah, I forgave you that too. I forgave you. And here's where it gets really good, starting in verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. You know, I don't know how, I don't know the actual measurement of that, but it's big. Right, probably bigger than to the moon and back. I know some of you. I love you to the moon and back, but God loves you as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is His love. And here's 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 something that when I was reading this this week, some of you need this verse right here. This this benefit. It says, "As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions for us. Those wrongdoings." Like you people, I say you people like I'm talking, me. Like, okay, yeah, I know, I know he forgives me, but, but this thing, the thing that keeps hanging around, the thing that you won't, won't allow you to let go, the thing that just keeps, you just keep it in your back pocket that the enemy does, that way when you start pursuing God, he's like, yep, here, I'm just going to pull that card out. God says, no, I take that. I put it as far as the east is from the west. Man can't do that. So some of you have been waiting for man to do it. We just don't have the capabilities if we're not walking. Even when we do it, it's Christ in us because every good thing comes from Christ. But 
But it doesn't matter what man thinks. It matters what God says. And he says, as far as the east is from the west, I don't care if you murdered somebody. If you ask God to forgive you and you are pursuing him, and you, he says it's, it's, it's done. He does it this way with your sin and he loves you this big, the heavens and the earth. Some of y'all needed to hear that today. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Don't you, don't you, if you have kids, even when you get so angry and you get so upset when you're disciplining them or when they've had a bad day, you just, you hurt when they hurt. Like, I hurt for my kids sometimes. I hurt for my wife sometimes when she's been wronged or felt like she's been wronged. God does too. He, he, it's a benefit that he gives us. He's a good father. For he knows how we are formed. That's a powerful benefit. Like that's, that's, that is the big equation. Boy, if I only knew what was going on in people's minds sometimes. Like he knows how we are formed. He knows the inner workings of us. He put us together. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. He remembers that we are dust, which means we are fragile. As for a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children, and those who keep His commandments and remember to obey His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. So let us not forget his benefits, because far too often we forget. Out of sight, out of mind. God, what have you done for me today? I know what you did for me yesterday. We can't do that, people. We can't. We have to remember because it's enough that he came as a humble little child to save us from our sins. It was enough. But he didn't stop there. He gave us his benefits. And that's what Joseph understood. Joseph understood that he could trust God because God is faithful. He's, he's, he's able to deliver on every promises, every promise that he stated in Scripture, God delivered. That's a dad that I desire to be. Now, I don't meet those expectations all the time, but that's where I set my mind, that I want to deliver on all my promises. So where do you find yourself today? Do you find yourself relishing in all the benefits that God or, or maybe you, you've been treating him like a genie in a bottle like hey I need you here I need you I need more peace in my life God where are you at and, and instead of really he's done enough it's enough but he's a good and he's a faithful God and so you know you might be here today and you've never understood Jesus like you've never like, like okay I've heard it's Christmas like it's amazing how many stores will be playing Christmas music that tells the gospel in it. Like, I don't even know. Like, we, it's just a, they're blind to it, which is amazing to me in the world we live in today, in America today, that I can't believe they still play Christmas music. But I'm glad they do, because 
the gospel is still getting out there through these Christmas songs. But Jesus came to die for you and he came to die for me. And in coming, he packed a whole lot of benefits that each one of us desire, that each one of us need. And so that's my challenge to you today is have you forgotten? Have you forgotten God's benefits? And so maybe you got here today, maybe you tuned in online, whatever. God wants you to remember his benefits. And so, uh, music team, y'all come up here. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure where God's going with this, but it's okay. Is, is Maybe you haven't shared. You know, one of the ways to, to not forget is to constantly talk about it. And so maybe you need to share with somebody in the room today just something that you're going through, where you need God to show up because he promises to be there. He's faithful. Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, a, it's a benefit that you need. Maybe it's a, one of the benefits that we read about that you need to hug, you need to take hold of. Um, but the main point today is do you trust God? Do you really trust God? Are you really clinging to His Word? Or are you just what they would call a cultural Christian that, hey, we're getting in the Christmas season. It's been a while since I've been to church. You know, I, I kind of watch online. But or is His Word the light into your path and the lamp into your feet? Are you trusting Him that He's going to provide your next move? Are you just, you come and you feel good because it's good to be with other believers. It's good to worship God. It blesses your soul and it blesses God's soul. But then you go out this afternoon and you're back in the rat race of life and you're not trusting God on anything. But he's still providing those benefits because he is a good, good dad. So really where I want to go right now during this altar time, whether it's up here at the altar, whether it's in your pew, whether it's in your living room for those that are still at home, just really, you know, the only person that knows you better than you is God. But to give yourself a self-evaluation test right now and say, where am I lacking? Where's my trust lacking? What situation is my trust lacking in? And then cry out to God. He's faithful. He's just. He wants to.